that you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 4th of March 2021. In today's show, we chat about Panzer Dragoon coming back once again, the Aliens franchise returns once again, all the latest news regarding Pokemon. <sighs> E3 going all digital, Data East Classic Games coming to PC, the restructure of Sony Japan, yet more PSVR news and our very special crowdfunder of the week, well, kind of, as we chat with our special guest Mark D all about the Unity run LEGO Ideas. All of that and more on today's episode with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in for a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover, then please do let us know in the dedicated room over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give it a little review as it really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs, let's get on with the show. Here we go. So starting off with topic number one, Panzer Dragoon Remake is um, coming. This is uh, the, the, the second one. Is that is that right? The second Panzer Dragoon uh, that's coming out? The yes. Zwei. Panzer Dragoon Zwei. I, I always go by the German pronunciation because it just right, makes right. a bit more sense here. Um, but yeah, after the... I'll I call it success of the original remake. It, it, it certainly sold well enough, I think. Um, the second one's coming out uh, quite significantly uh, for a lot of Panzer Dragoon fans. Uh, the second game in the series, while the first one is iconic in its own right for being the yes. first of its series, Zvi is notably the one that pr- proper cements Panzer Dragoon as a solid game. Um, and it's often less... It's it's less discussed it's less seen um so definitely one to look out for absolutely absolutely i remember looking up all of the reviews after the uh, remake of the first one came out and there was uh, most of them said it's good you know it had its flaws and that but to be fair most of them got fixed this is a company that really really did put the effort in after it was released to, to listen to the fans and 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 make it as good as they can uh, so uh, fair play to them but everyone said I hope they do the follow-ups because that was the ones that people hmm. really do remember. Um, I've just chucked a poll up in the chat. Um, so people that are listening on podcast services, please do join us on Twitch when we record these live. We're putting out there to ask if people are interested and we'll let you guys know in just a minute. But uh, Mark, uh, D, uh, any love for the Panzer Dragoon series? Uh, I got to say the first time I ever experienced Panzer Dragoon was on the Stadia of all places. The oh, wow. Okay. Stadia. And it has that? I, I, yeah, uh, at, at least I really hope I'm not mixing it up with something else, but I'm pretty sure it was Panzer Dragoon. They, they gave me like a month or two of Stadia for free and I was like, heck yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I played some Panzer Dragoon. I gotta say, uh, I, I know the type of game. It's definitely not my, my favorite style. Um, the, the firing at a lot of targets while going through, uh, I, I think a predefined course, but yeah, man, yeah. that game was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I think the the biggest question for me, because I'm not too familiar with it, is whether or not they're ever going to um, 
have the the second remake hit Stadia, considering Stadia is shutting down all of its internal studios. I wonder if it'll actually get to bring in some of the external stuff too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it it was absolutely a gorgeous game that first remake, and if they're doing a another one, it'll it'll be interesting. Is uh, I, I see Square Enix is in on this one. Yeah, so not quite. Uh, that's actually a second part of this particular topic. So yeah. for Forever Entertainment is the team behind the Panzer Dragoon remakes. Um, and what's happened, what's occurred recently is that um, the uh, the team have been dra- drafted to work on some Square Enix properties. Uh, most specifically, and they, I feel like they're playing coy on purpose here, but um, they're going to be working on a famous Japanese franchise that has multiple entries, and they're going to be remake. They're going to be uh, doing remakes for those. Now, you and I could both assume that we can all assume that that's probably going to be some sort of JRPG project. I mean, Square is pretty well known for yeah, their JRPGs. Yeah. And they should stick with that too, because when they don't do that sort of stuff, they get Yuji Naka involved, and then we get... Yeah, Balan Wonder Wonderworld. <laughs> Balan Wonderland. I'm, I'm still a bit sore about that one, but um, I am. I am. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably not what most people would automatically assume. I don't think it's going to be Final Fantasy. I can't see it being the Tales of series. In fact, that's Namco, so I don't even know why I put, brought that one up. But um, <laughs> I am curious to see what people would think would be. Um, the, the franchise that they would be working on. Bear in mind, it's a Japanese one. We're not talking about Soul Reaver here, which I'm very, again, sore about because I would love to see that game series <laughs> make a return. Yeah, I, I get asked a lot about that game. Absolutely. I mean, talking about like prime real estate, I mean, the only thing that uh, lets, lets the side down there is the voice of the old god who unfortunately, of course, passed away. And I'm sure his estate might be tricky to work with, but that's just... Let's just bring back Soul Reaver at some point, please. Yeah. 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 I had heard that recently um, Crisis Core and all the other Final Fantasy VII like, ancillary games had been uh, kind of slurped together into one of those uh, chibi-looking games that Final Fantasy was doing. Kind of like how they did the, the light version of Final Fantasy XV. So oh. I'm wondering if maybe that's the project, unless we're talking about something that has yet to be announced. Um, I mean, we could be talking about the Final Fantasy Legends series from the Game Boy, but nobody wants that. Ooh. Nobody. Because that, that was essentially Final Fantasy trying to do Zelda, if I remember rightly. I can't say I'm the uh, the biggest like fan of Final Fantasy or I know everything about that franchise, but I, I do remember that that series not being particularly liked, very much like the Castlevania Legends series. Sorry, Dan, I said a naughty word. Um <laughs> I'm letting yeah. you guys talk. You're chatting about like Final Fantasy and stuff. Like I, I, I'm the granny <laughs> in this conversation. Like Final Fantasy, didn't they? Wasn't the first one supposed to be the Final Fantasy? Yeah. Well, I, I will say someone in the chat um, on Twitch, Chef uh, Matic, he he says that he would love to see Final Fantasy Legend come back. Um, so that will be uh, at least they're down for at least one sale. So that's good. Um, yeah. It's good for Forever Entertainment. But um, it's great to see uh, a developer like Forever Entertainment getting some work, uh, especially mm-hmm. considering they're working on classic properties, especially ones that very rarely got get talked about. I'd love to see more Panzer Dragoon and maybe, just maybe, Panzer Dragoon Saga. But I also think that there's a slight sliver 
of a lack of hope here because yeah. Panzer Dragoon Saga is um let's let's be realistic. Panzer Dragoon one and two um had PC ports which were likely used in the making of these games. The problem is with Saga is that the masters were lost years and years ago. A lot of Saturn ones games were, weren't they? They were, because um, what people don't realise is that Saturn masters were not recorded on CD or anything like that. They were on very volatile tape-based media. So it was... Basically, it it would just degrade over the years. But also, there was a massive like Exodus from Sega headquarters back in the day. That's there's a long history of it, and I'd love to see, um, love to see the the full story of it. Um, bear in mind, I'm paraphrasing, so I might be wrong on a few small uh, few of the details here. But um, there's a long lost, uh, long lost record of Sega's history, and unfortunately, uh, Panzer Dragoon was part of that. Um, you you saw that with the remake of the Guardian Heroes on um, yeah. on the Xbox 360 because they actually had to remake that game based on the assets they had from a Sega Saturn disc. They didn't have the masters anymore. There was there was another RPG and I'm forgetting the name of it now, but um, yeah, that's the same of that as well. But, yeah, Raid, um, Radiant yeah, Silver Gun was a similar story too. Yeah. Man, they're not too good at that sort of stuff back then, were they? <laughs> they're not, no. I, I, you know, Panzer Dragoon Saga, going off on a slight tangent, uh, with Saga is just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, here in the UK, um, for people who were subscribing to magazines at the time, you received the very first disc of Saga as a demo disc. It was a, a means to hype up the new release. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that they only released like, 5,000 copies to the country? Something like that, yeah. It's it's a very low number, at least. It might be a bit too low of a number of what, what I've just said, but um, there wasn't nearly enough is the is the, true, the truth of it. And uh, wow, that, that's the reason why it commands such high figures now. I just hope that they find some way to make it a possibility. But with all of this work that they're going to be doing with Square, I can actually see it being less of a possibility now. I think we're... I think we're hoping a bit too much to see the return of Panzer Dragoon Saga, but maybe. Well, here's to hoping. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Metal Gear fan, so I know better than to keep on hoping and wishing that remakes are going to happen. Um, well, you got Twin <laughs> Snakes. Everyone loves Twin Snakes. Oh, but you know what? It's funny. A lot of people hate that, but I unironically prefer that to the original. I probably would too, because I'm I'm ignorant. <laughs> And it's nice to have something good by Silicon Knights under your uh, under, on on a shelf. Man, I've spent the last week playing Survive. I just I like bad games, I guess, or maybe other people don't understand what makes them good. <laughs> you do you you do like to uh, defend old uh, defend that Survive game? Ah, oh, it's a good one. Someone has to. <laughs> See, our poll here actually uh people are more excited uh for this this, this second Panzer dragon game I, to be fair i expected that result uh you know you're on a, a very much sega loving channel here i've got sega loving fans out there and uh any any chance that we can get to, to really pump up those classic games yeah we definitely want that uh, what, what i realized when playing Panzer dragon for the first time in such a long time in this remake was wow i remember the sequels being so much better like i'm really looking mm. forward to a sequel if they do that so yeah this is nothing but good news for me i will definitely get it limited run will definitely do a saturn shaped box for it and i will definitely back that as well um 
you know, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm excited for it. And this level that they're showing off right now is the one I always die at. (laughs) (laughs) Need to get more practice in. So moving over to topic number two, and this is something I'm very, very, very excited for. Um, New Aliens game. Game over, man. A new Aliens game. Aliens Fire Team. Now, the big question here is, is this the right path for um, Aliens? You know? So, um, it's a new third-person co-op shooter. It's coming to consoles and PC in summer of 2021, so we haven't got too long to wait. You can choose from five classes, Gunner, Demolisher, uh, Technician, Doc, and uh, Recon. And it's being made by Cold Iron Studios, a new team team made of industry veterans apparently um (laughs) i'm very very excited for this um i suppose really like the thing with aliens is they've done it in so many different ways you know there is no one way to do it but um I really felt that they nailed it with the uh the 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 spooky first person shooter that i'm forgetting the name of right now um isolation isolation yes um that really took me into what the film world was. Uh, but then, you know, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with a good action heavy aliens game. And this is what this looks like. So, um, well, what do you think, uh, uh, Grizzly? Well, um, when it comes to the alien franchise, I have a love hate relationship, uh, with the games specifically. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, I hate myself for loving them so much. Um, particularly when it comes to the, the worst of the worst, because, for all of its faults, and it had many, Aliens Colonial Marines was actually really enjoyable to me. Um, because it, it yeah, yeah, for, for you know, it, yeah, it had AI bugging, it had all of the, all of the, you know, missed promises and what have you. But one thing it did do mm-hmm. was it recreated Hadley's hope in the form that I wanted to visit. And I saw, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, like, um, fan service built into that area so th- I, I i derived a bit of enjoyment out of that now <clears throat> when it comes to aliens i like it in both ways isolation was great because it had that um it had that scary aspect which was very prevalent from the first movie but i absolutely adore aliens as a movie as a concept um it's in my it's my favorite movie of all time um oh wow so Alien. The second one, yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. You're an alien. There's two types of people. You're aliens. I love I love the alien franchise in general, but the second film mm. holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Um and the I I just love anything that takes me there for a moment. So the best way I could describe this game is I know it's going to suck <laughs> because aliens games tend to and no matter how glitzy or beautiful, oh, why though? You I know, know it, it should be prime material, and maybe they're doing the right thing by stripping everything back, taking the story out, as far as we know, and just giving you a pure alien versus human type game. Mm-hmm. Um, and but let's just face it, you know, look the animations. I'm a bit concerned about like the fact that they're firing off pulse rifles, and all their arms are doing is vibrating. Um, but it looks like they've got lighting scenarios right and I don't know I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is Mm -hmm. and if it is a 6 out of 10 game I'll be happy with that genuinely because I've got a bunch of guys I'll play with so do you you think they're going for like um, 
sort of a Left 4 Dead style? Do you think it's going to be like a good version of... Well, not a good version of Left 4 Dead, because Left 4 Dead is a good game. But, I mean, do you think they're going to go in for that type of game, but in, in a first third-person perspective? Well, that would be the that would be the way to do it, um, really. If, if, if you're going to do this whole, like, co-op-only experience, Left 4 Dead is the great model to follow. Mm. Um I would like to see what else they're going to do in terms of uh, other multiplayer. I was a bit worried it was going to go asymmetric, like Predator Hunting Grounds or Friday the 13th, but looks to me like they've kept it back for that. Yeah. My only concern in general to a game, any game of this type, whether it's aliens or not, is um, the, the barrier for entry. Because you're talking about a game that needs at least three people uh, to play with. Well, by the looks of it, it's three people in a fire team. Yeah, yeah. So that means that you have to buy three copies. They all need to have PlayStation Plus or whichever <laughs> online subscription you go on. Yeah. You're already asking more uh, more than three figures just to get into this thing. So I am a bit concerned, but I'm hoping that it brings enough people on board um, and is good as a result. If it doesn't have a first-person mode, uh, first-person, if it doesn't have a uh, single-player mode, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not an online gamer in this sense, playing these sort of games. I just, I, I prefer to really cozy up and play these sort of games myself. Um, or worse, a single-player mode with AI uh, co-op partners. Yeah, That'll be even that. worse. I'm not caring about that. But, yeah. Uh, um, uh, the more I talk about it, the more the less excited I am. <laughs> it looks nice though. I, I will definitely check out the reviews. <laughs> yeah. Uh- Grizzly, another thing to keep in mind is um, there are some games that have weird additional barriers to entry inside the gameplay themselves. For example, let's play Metal Gear Survive earlier. You can't do the <laughs> online missions. Uh, you won't be high enough level to succeed at the lowest level high uh, online missions until you beat the entire single player game. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there's like a, a small tipping point near the end, but you still have to like expend a decent amount of time when that game launched i bought four copies so that way i could have a whole crew that would play the game with me we all tried to jump into co-op and we couldn't so people lost interest so i really i don't know this thing looks very much like a cookie cutter third person shooter with uh environments and ai enemies uh pulled from alien it doesn't really I hope that it's different in some way that makes it successful. I really yeah. like the games like, uh, what was it? Uh, Alien versus Predator, I think. The the PlayStation 1 or the PC game where you could actually play as the alien. You could crawl on the walls. Yeah. That really sold that game for me. That made it really cool because it was interesting. It was something that you weren't doing in other games of that era. Yeah, absolutely. As long as they can do something unique. I'm happy. I'll I'll give it a shot. I loved Aliens Colonial Marines, but only because I came into it thinking, oh, everybody hated this game. And I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't garbage. I was. I, I went back and played it for my my um, uh, history in the games. I was like, hang on, have they done a lot to this? Because it generally ain't that bad of a game. Yeah. It's a lot shorter than, you know, what came before. But like, yeah. it ain't that bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm having fun. Like... <laughs> yeah absolutely everyone, everyone hated on that game everyone hated that it game. was over promised yeah definitely oh yeah for sure for, for sure. me the the gold standard of aliens games will be avp2 the old um monolith uh software pc game uh because those that was built with clear love and cinematic quality mm-hmm. um and it also had the free campaigns all of which were good um and they just had a great storyline, which went a bit extended university and just a lot of fun to play. 
Yeah. But lastly, on, on just Aliens fire, t- fire Team specifically, I think all eyes are going to be on this new studio, Cold Iron, because apparently they have been working on this ever since around 2015, 2000, between then and oh, 2018. Oh, wow, not a short amount of time. They've been talking about this for a long time, so this is just like the first snippet we've seen. Um, and considering this game is launching in t- in in summer, um, I've I've got somewhat high hopes, but I'm also very aware that this could be, you know, a new studio that's completely untested. So yeah, well, I mean, I didn't realize they'd been working that long. If that's the case, and this game ends up being good, I don't think they did the greatest trailer to really showcase it off. But um, um, no, let's let's hope, let's hope. Uh, according to the chat here that have been uh, voting on it, um. 75% of people generally think that this is the right path for a new Aliens game. So, uh, well, uh, time will tell. Time will indeed tell. I'm excited to see how this one turns out. And um, fingers crossed they get this one right. Yeah, Everything's crossed, not just the fingers. Uh, I won't go yeah, into detail. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so nice, wouldn't it? So, so nice. <laughs> Let's go crazy! Now, guys, moving on to a topic that I haven't got too much love for uh, <laughs> we had rpgs now we're moving into pokemon <gasps> yes now there was a pokemon live event recently um that showcased some footage from pokemon snap which is actually the only pokemon game that i have ever um uh, completed actually uh, the only pokemon game i've ever bought and the uh, one of the only n64 games that i like there you go a lot of onlys there um and yes there's a new pokemon snap coming out and it's um the only Pokemon game that I've ever pre-ordered. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Pokemon Snap is looking pretty great. Uh, they showed off some new stuff here. You got some more detail going into the region players, um, regions players. Uh, so that's really good. Uh, it appears to be much larger than the N64 original. Uh, looking at my notes here that Grizzly wrote down, and <laughs> Pokemon Diamond and Pearl was also announced, which is coming later this year. Grizzly, take the floor with po- Diamond and Pearl because. I have no interest. <laughs> right. B- before I do that, I've got to say, uh, this, this entry is a bit of a meme, guys. Um, if, if people have been watching the Discord, uh, chat, the Slopes Discord, um, the discussion, uh, when this news landed about the next two titles that we we're about to discuss, um, mm-hmm. the immediate reaction from Mr. Slopes, uh, was this looks so boring and as a result of that and as punishment for that I said we're going to be talking about it in the Slopes cast <laughs> so here here I am making good of said challenge so it does though <laughs> um to be honest Diamond Pearl is not a um era of Pokemon I'm particularly familiar with um but I know my, I know someone who it, who did enjoy that that era and that was my wife um Diamond and Pearl, of course, uh, just carries on what Nintendo have been doing for the past few years, and that is essentially remaking every Pokemon game up until the point where the remakes kind of like merge into each other. Um, but I will say it looks quite good. Uh, you got like little chibi characters uh, instead of the um, the, the two D sprite art, um, and it looks genuinely like another Pokemon remake and something that I'm sure a lot of fans will enjoy. Um, but what comes next uh, is quite interesting. It's a game called Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. I remember some people having a dispute over Arceus or Arceus. The 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 I former like just sounds funny. Arceus just sounds funny. <laughs> so 
Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus takes a slightly different approach and it feels like the game that they should have done ever since the N64 and that's make a somewhat open world Pokemon title where you're actually engaging in an environment um, going around catching Pokemon in real time although the combat does appear to be turn-based still which I feel like is a bit of a disappointment uh, but what they're trying to do this time is instead of setting Pokemon in that usual time frame of you know somewhat modern but with the Japanese cultural influences and what have you they're going back in time uh, so Pokemon trainers or are more like ninja type characters and then the Pokeballs are more rudimentary um, they, they clearly don't have the same sorts of technology that they do in, in the, the newer settings so it's got a really interesting vibe to it and it, it harks a lot back to uh, Breath of the Wild you've got that big open area with the character facing away from you to symbolise that this is a massive world it looks like you're going to have wild Pokemon which will attack you in real time and it just looks really really cool although of course Mr Slopes uh, said it kind of looked a bit boring <laughs> couldn't agree less right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Mark D, you want to chat about Pokemon for a bit? Um, absolutely. I'll try to keep it. Uh, I'll try to keep it short. But honestly, this is something that uh, I'm. I'm very interested in, even if I'm not interested in it. Uh, to kind of explain that, um, Sword and Shield were like my first pass for the Pokemon games, just because I have so many, I didn't want to lose them. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that they're still remaking the games. So they're remaking fourth gen. Uh, the funny thing about this is they remade uh, third gen last generation and they remade first gen again after they had already remade it when they first released uh, third gen. So we might be seeing a Pokemon Let's Go for the second generation Pokemon games coming out if they're uh, going to follow that pattern because it's like every three generations there's a remake and then there's a remake of the remake now. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested just to see, cause that's funny to me. Um, and, uh, when it comes to this actual game, I might actually pick this up. I passed on sword and shield, but, uh, being able to play fourth gen without hating it would be really nice. Uh, personally, <laughs> I really, there are two things that I didn't like about fourth gen. One was the amount of Pokemon. There were too many. Um, I, I have that problem with every new Pokemon game that comes out. I've got to say. Yeah, uh, the the problem with that is I and a friend, we went through and we're going to do a living Pokedex through each generation and move them up. We got through all the third gen stuff. We played the ancillary games. We played Pokemon XD and completed it. And we got everything. And then we moved it up. And we were like just barely halfway done because fourth gen added so many things and it's impossible to get all the stuff from them. It's absolutely ridiculous. So we gave up on that. The other thing I hated about it was the amount of time it took for people to finish their sentences because uh, the text speed is like locked at an extremely sluggish pace. It's slower than third gen, and in fifth gen they were like, yeah, we're going to make that just basically instantaneous now because people hated it so much. So, I don't know. Fourth gen seems like a fun romp in the new engine, and I'm definitely going to pick it up and give it a try. <laughs> uh and Pokemon Snap, actually, that looks really good. Um, po Pokemon Snap, as far as I'm concerned, is the marquee title of this stream. Anything else is completely ancillary, as you say. Absolutely. Um, and was Pokemon Legends Arceus another, uh, a different title from the remakes? 
or is it the it's, title? It's set in the same region as the Gen 4, um, from what I can tell. But it is a different title or a different, maybe like a DLC expansion or something separate. It's not the same game. No, no, it's a completely different game. It's like an XD type thing where gotcha. um, they're, they're setting it in the same region, but it's just long, long ago in the past. So That's cool. I might play it. Yeah. Um, I, I could have a lot of fun with that. And if they're going back in time, maybe that'll be our slot for the second gen remix. All right. That's all I have to say on Pokemon. Yeah. I could definitely talk more, but uh, nah. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. People, uh, you know, it's, it's a popular franchise. Um, maybe I should get into it. Uh, it, it blows up channels on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> uh, but no, Michael Towns. I am definitely not doing a four-hour complete history on Pokemon. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, looking at the poll, which I think I just deleted. Most people just chose the "What is what's a Pokemon." Uh, <laughs> response but also looking at my other results here I can see that uh, yes people are choosing Arceus over Aceus right okay moving on moving on so E3's 2021 uh, live event which I'm so sad that this is all going down I mean I understand why but yeah it's been changed into a digital showcase um, the cancellation was found as recorded in a Los Angeles city documents published this week uh, labeled simply as a cancelled live event um, I never got the chance to go to E3 I know you did uh, Grizzly you've been there a few times maybe uh, I've been there once. I went to once. what could well be the last E3, <laughs> um, because the way this keeps going, I can I see E3 changing for fundamentally, um, because I think uh, developers have now realised that hang on, digital events work. Oh yeah, uh, we don't need to do this massive showcase when all of our games are in a rough state of alpha. Um, and force them upon the the public of Los Angeles in in two very sweaty small halls. Um, so I'm I'm a bit concerned about E3. Um, there's there, there just doesn't seem to be that much of a place for it anymore. And uh, no, when you look, I mean, there's still there's still room for like gaming conventions, but not these massive everything gets announced um, uh, a huge events yeah and I've never understood why they're like that in the first place because the internet's been around a long time and showcasing to the world what you can do and have it tailored so you're the person in charge of showing exactly how it goes there's no imperfections that could happen on stage or someone saying the wrong thing and little you know little things going wrong or whatever else I remember you know that year that Jesse remember those those prank versus prank people Jesse was like showcasing something he didn't realise the camera was on and it was like what um all these silly little things that like none of that would happen and um i understand why they're doing it um it's just sad it's like i never got the chance to go to all of those sega arcades when they were still open and and and, and run the way they were when you know in japan and e3 it's prime and uh one by one all of these mm. events outside of the world of digital are, are slowly one by one dropping off and this is yeah this is one of the big ones. Yeah, I mean, the only thing keeping E3 going before, because E3 was declining in popularity over the past few years anyway, mm-hmm. um, but the only thing really keeping it going was really tradition, because E3, as a baseline, started out as a trade show. 
Um, it was, it wasn't open to the public. It wasn't even broadcasted to the public. And that was just for publishers to speak to investors on a, on a larger scale, do some really glitzy, uh, conference demos and give a, give away a bunch of tat, which has been lining drawers for, for decades. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a few bags of that stuff. Yeah. So the, the idea of a stage show used to be, you know, the way to do it or the way to put on a show. But I think what people have realized now is that the expense of putting on those stage shows, I mean, look at what Microsoft do whenever they're at E3. They drop in a, they drop in a McLaren car. That must cost them a few, a few thousand in licensing alone. Yeah. And some, um, yeah. They get all of these publishers uh, and celebrities up on stage. I mean, famously, 2019, they had um, uh, Keanu Reeves come up on stage just to announce Cyberpunk, and yeah. which will always go down in infamy for just how that turned out. Um, and you can only imagine the millions and millions of dollars that have just wanged away at this one-hour presentation when really they can condense it down to a 40-minute presentation as we've seen deliver it direct and get the same fanfare what they're understanding now is that people don't really need to play games before they decide whether they want to buy it yeah that's the power of the pre-order isn't it so no for sure yeah and don't forget they can choose when they release it uh e3 you know happens once a year as as far as i'm aware i'm actually not seeing yep but with um with a Nintendo Direct or a Sony show, you know, whatever they're going to call them, th- with their direct videos, um they get to choose whenever they want to announce something. So they can go for a time that's not going to be cluttered with a whole bunch of other announcements or try to uh to beat the rush of people that are trying to get their stuff out and send it out early. They don't have to have it happen at E3. They can do their own uh digital directs. It's a corporately great thing to do, but personally, I'm really sad that E3 is going to be dying out, especially before I never actually went out and got to experience one. I actually wasn't in a a position where I could head out to check out E3 until just Mm -hmm. this year, and now uh, it hurts. It hurts quite a bit, but (laughs) that's all right. I understand where the world's going. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I mean, the, the the thing I will note, right, I've been to both E3 and Gamescom now, and I will say that Gamescom, 100% of, 100% of the time, if you if your goal is to go to an event and try out some games, Gamescom is not only the best in terms of the amount that you get to see, but in terms of the actual game quality, because the demos are further along, the games are moving out of alpha and moving into beta, and they're releasing in just a couple of months' time. It's a much better time just to get a better feel for everything. You don't need to be the first. You need to be. You need to make informed uh, purchasing decisions, and Gamescom is better for that. Mm-hmm. So I will. I will say that in 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 that case. I suppose like you got like the the move like for instance. I still find it quite crazy that Nintendo is still so stuck in their past. Like, very rarely do you get a game come out of a demo on the eShop, you know, or like the Nintendo online store. And when it does, it's like a big selling point. Like, oh my god, this game has a demo. Like, all right, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Okay. I remember they were like, they were they were pushing Pikmin. The fact that Pikmin Three had a demo on the Wii U years down the line is ridiculous. But um, uh, what they do do uh, do do is they uh, that. Square Enix RPG uh, triangle game or whatever it was called, um, but they've done that as a sort of 
a demonstration on what's coming up. And now that's the sort of thing that you do go to these uh, conventions to trial out, like the, the, the new interesting mechanic-y type stuff. And I would like to see more of that from companies um, as, as, you know, limited time releases. Uh, I suppose like PT and things like that. You know, I, I want to see more stuff like that come out. And I think that's, for me, that would drive me. Because I don't have an online subscription to uh, uh, like the Nintendo online whatever they're called like, I, I, I just don't have one because i would get an email every year from sony like this is how much you used it and it'd be in the low tens i like nothing so i just stopped uh paying for that sort of stuff but if they had these like sort of interesting uh to, to download these sort of experimental demos or like uh, uh trials and what's coming out then i would be all over that and i'd like to see more of that sort of thing and that, that, that for me that's why i like to go to these uh conventions and the swag of course and the swag in fact he was cleaning out my son's um uh, room the other day and he's got a massive fancy dress area <laughs> he had a and i was like oh my god you've got that it was um like a uh, a, a roman shield from uh, assassin's creed odyssey i think it was uh yeah <laughs> he picked up on one of the but well, i picked up on one of the conventions game okay, moment here you take this um but no i mean i'm sad to see it go it's it's a landmark it's a landmark yeah. and uh according to the poll for this particular segment uh everyone else seems to be pretty upset as well everyone wants it to come back uh it was 100 percent on the years yeah <sighs> i think the the gaffes that you'd see at e3 were also like a big part of it um, yeah, it would be like, what's going to go wrong this year? What's going to be funny this year? Like the mm-hmm. time that um, I'm trying to remember uh, who the development company was. I think, but it was for uh, the Dynasty Warriors that had come out. And he's like, it's a very realistic fight. And then a like massive <laughs> crab just came out of nowhere and started smashing people. Uh, that it, was that Genki right game for PS3, wasn't it? Giant enemy crab. Yeah. Legendary, yeah. Um, and then you had 99 Nights, uh, a 1 million trooper, <laughs> which was just awesome as well. There's so, there's so many like cringe moments, which are just brilliant. And, um, I always loved the Jesse Wellens, um, gaff, um, when he was doing Need for Speed and he just completely went off script and just froze. And this, this is like an influencer who had absolutely no knowledge or love for, um, Need for Speed, and they was just they just got him to come in, talk off a teleprompter, and the, the teleprompter didn't work on the day. It was brilliant. <laughs> I remember hearing, um, I think it was actually a Gamescon, uh, some podcast I listened to ages ago when um, uh, the Ducktales remaster uh, was 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 coming out, and they were saying about like how sorry they felt for the for the uh, teenagers that they had like on that particular stand because on loop all day for the entire like five or six days it'd be like dun, 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 dun. life is like and it was just on loop all day and by the end they were like and they were to be jumping up like come on everybody sing along and you know you would you would sing along if you walked past and heard that because it's crazily yeah. intoxicating it's the first but time then, you heard it all day yeah and then yeah <laughs> but then by the end of the weekend if you were still like come on everybody life is like a hurricane you like you tears running down your face like please don't ever ever fucking play that song again um yeah yeah there you go but uh <laughs> I, i'd like to go there and see that sort of stuff um but no it's, it's a sh- it's a shame but uh even though these massive news side of the events are definitely on the way out if not there already you're still going to have these events uh they're just going to be more about yeah 
you, you, you won't hear about them too much online because they're going to be more about you going there and buying tat and being shown off whatever the latest look at these knockoff arcade machines we can build and look at this and you know like all of these different stands and i'm, I'm cool with that I, I like going there and checking all that sort of stuff out and uh uh yeah but it's just not going to be those massive news things and, and for the most part most people that go to these events correct me if i'm wrong don't go and sit in on the playstation conference or the xbox conference they're there for everything else yeah, I would love to see a conference rise that's like E3, but for more indie devs, uh, the the smaller um, booths and stuff, so you can get more into like, oh, I'm going here to take a look at all that's out here for the offering that I wouldn't have seen otherwise because it's an indie game, and unless it gets huge funding and huge publicity, I wouldn't have run into it. So you can go booth to booth and take a look at what they've been doing, see what kind of interesting stuff they have going. The problem with that is that conferences cost money, and that's what people are trying to shave off here so you can't really have it without the big hitters and the big hitters are realizing it's cheaper to just run on their own platforms Mm. well i mean we have resed in the uk i don't know if that's like a worldwide thing that uh, there are events like that elsewhere but resed is really good for that the pax expos are pretty good for exposing the indie dev scenes from yeah, what I've like seen. Good sections of the halls, like yeah, really, really good. I mean, you, you, you pay a pretty penny to go there and showcase your game, but you know, you probably should. <laughs> In all fairness, everyone's got to make money at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've discovered a lot of games, and 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 for the most part, like, I, I've met like indie dev heroes at these places. I met um the people that worked on uh, like that prison architects at these places and um oh what uh, uh factorio uh factorio um as well i, I met the people there I was like, wow you worked on that game that's insane I, I was playing that in the hospital when my son was born <laughs> like, <laughs> like genuine like it's uh, th- these are like incredible incredible uh people to me and uh, well like i said we, we have it in the uk at least um yeah hopefully that becomes a more of a worldwide thing i suppose yeah e3 going uh i mean if there was ever any year that they were going to do it definitely this was going to be the year but i feel like it might be the start of uh the new norm sadly for this sort of thing yeah another massive tentpole gone from retro gaming's past i think Mm. the uh i think the biggest uh casualty from all of this would be if if e3 does go the way we've been discussing then um we're gonna lose that um milestone within the year because when the main events were were going going strong uh, up until 2019, everyone knew that the gaming news was going to come in mid-June. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just knew that there was going to be an avalanche of all of these gaming announcements and all of this like great new footage that keep you salivating throughout the year. And last year, we just did not get that. It was mixed up between, you know, March, April, May, and some of it didn't even come as until as late as September. I mean, the PS5, the actual look of the console didn't come until about a month before it landed. That's, I don't know. I, I don't like that. I don't like knowing that I'm going to buy something. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it does, Yeah, but I know I want it. I just want to know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It, it, it is a bit sad that oh my god there's a nintendo direct tomorrow you know like i, I, I don't like i do like the idea of it building up to e3 it like i say it, it's sad that it's going you know yeah, yeah that's it sure. is really nice it's it's the candy shop you don't want a piece of candy every day for the rest of the the year you want 365 pieces of candy on one really good day yeah um <laughs> that's a great analogy speaking 
of Nintendo Directs. Um, I was just going to note this because it is today. There's a new Smash Bros. character dropping. They're from a franchise that I am very unaware of. My brother loves it. I think it's a Xenoblade Chronicles character. But uh, That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. There's a new Smash Bros. character coming out. It's not going to show up on my Switch because I'm still waiting for Banjo to get announced before I actually purchase that pack. There you go. There you go. No, it's... Um, no. It's is what it is really it, it was it was only a matter of time it's like the all digital world of the future it's coming it's coming yep for sure for sure now moving over to our next topic here um data east classic games are officially coming over to pc now i was quite surprised at this i, well, I was aware they already were but okay maybe not um but ziggurat interactive have obtained the pc publishing rights for 15 games from the data east library uh the first wave of games launched on the 3rd of march which was actually yesterday as the recording of this particular episode um and will be on sale for 33 percent off in the launch period now these guys have actually been messaging me to uh, come and take a look at these um, the only reason I haven't really said yes to it is because I'll be looking at old games that I've already looked at you know what I mean like uh, there's nothing really for me to cover here on my channel but um, there were some excellent looking titles in there I mean Super Burger Time incredible game that's actually on uh, Antstream if I'm not mistaken uh, you got Bad Dudes Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja Express, Ra- uh, Express Raider uh, what else? Uh, Gate of Doom, Heavy Barrel, uh, Super Rail, uh, Super Real uh, Darwin. I don't know that one. Um, and yeah, but there's there's some exciting stuff. Um, are, are you excited for this uh, Data East uh, collection, Grizzly? See, I would be. Uh, Data East are one of those like again lesser traveled developers, but everyone's played a Data East game at some point. Yeah. Um, I would be more excited for these guy uh, for this this collection if it wasn't for the fact that all of these games I'm pretty sure all of them are on the Evercade cartridge. Um, <laughs> oh, no, let me have a look. <laughs> I think they are. Um, I've just just sat here thinking about it and I was like, hang on, this isn't as big a news as I maybe would have thought. But I don't know. I think it's great um, because, of course, some people prefer uh, playing their ROMs on PC. Um, I'm using that word very specifically because, of course, there's going to be a few people in the comments threads that will come up and say, yeah. well, I could always just download these for free. Well, you could. Go ahead. You could, but... What's really good about this is that it's an official line for uh, to get some income back to Data East. Uh, some of these games are absolute stone cold classics. I mean, Joe and Matt Caveman, Caveman Ninja and Super Burger Time are just brilliant, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great way to show show some love and support. So I'm I'm all for it, and that's it's the, certainly the way I prefer to uh, to go go for with my retro gaming as opposed to just taking and then ignoring most of the library because i've got too much that i've taken yeah so it's um i mean i'm looking uh you've got some games on here uh on the evercade cartridge but don't forget this is only collection one i'm be very surprised if there isn't a collection two uh already been agreed upon that, that, that's got to be the case uh so bad dudes is on here uh burger time not super burger time midnight resistance isn't on the list that they've gone but you know that's going to be part of the eventual games it's got to be um side pocket karate champ uh joe and mac lost 
which one is it lost something lost Lo lost in the tropics that one isn't part of that is a different one uh fighters history two crude dudes magical drop two which is a good game and one other that i can't read uh, bur uh burning rubber there you go um so yeah you got a bit of a mix of both yeah i i find it very very hard to pay money for games like this n not physically um i'd much rather get the Evercade cards. I'm really sorry. Um, I mean, it's great. More people get the chance to get this. This is literally nothing but good news. They're, they're well priced, four pound forty seven each. That's a wicked little price. Um, but it, it, it's not really for me, I'm afraid. Um, but I'm glad it's happening because I want more people to play these classic games because there are some insanely good games. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I, I love what Data, Data East have been doing. They're clearly like plundering their depths and going right. Okay, how can we sell our retro games to to people? So we've gone right. Evercade, great opportunity. Let's go with that. Mm. Um, let's go with some PC launches and potentially probably other consoles as well because that's usually what follows. Um, but one thing that I, I've just I I purchased. So I I mistakenly said uh, I purchased a. Uh, another get a publisher's like cartridge from asos recently but it's in fact a retro bit data east classic collection for the super nintendo yeah uh, which includes fighters history fighters history 2 side pocket magical drop and magical drop 2 it's a five game cartridge for the super nintendo that, that, that's an official one yeah man it's like I, I i'd rather put my money in there and they're not expensive carts either are they not at all. Um, and it's a great way to experience these games because, well, they're the games, you know? It's not like um, it, you're not going to get any of that twitchiness, the trademark twitchiness that comes with playing some games on em emulators. Uh, I know some people would dispute that, but it's never quite the same no. as playing on original hardware. So it's definitely a plus for what Data East are doing. So I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure. A shout out to Joe and Matt Caveman Ninja, which won the uh, poll in the uh, chat here on people uh, wanting to uh, thinking that's the best of the collection. Uh, what about you, uh, Mark? Have you um, got much love for the Data East Classics? You know, it's very possible that I've played one in the past, but okay. I yeah. don't know. I, I've got nothing on these announced uh, titles or on the ones that you read off the back. I got nothing on this one. <laughs> that's a common response here. Yeah. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Like I say, it's good that they're coming out because there more people get to play them. Um, it's it's great. In fact, please let more people play these games. It's just uh, I've got them, <laughs> so obviously I'm not going to get them again. And I, I just don't like buying one-off ROMs for a, a collection. Uh, like I think this is actually GOG, but, but uh, like Steam or anything like that. It's just I, I don't like seeing those in my library. I, I just don't. I don't feel like that's the platform to play those games on personally. Um, although apparently they're, they're they're very well done from the people I know that have taken up the offer of actually reviewing these. So fair play. And if you want to go get them, you've got more chances to do that very thing. If you want the real deal, you want a, a nice uh, responsive control. You got to pick up an Amico. Hopefully the uh, <laughs> the collection will hit that, right? It, uh, no, because it's all exclusive stuff, apparently, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Oh. That's what they reckon. That's what they reckon. Certainly wouldn't get bad dudes on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, moving over to our next topic. We're getting through them here. So, uh, Sony is officially uh, confirms the reorganization of the Japan studios. And you brought this uh, news in here, um, uh, Grizzly. So, you take the lead on this one. Yeah, so this one's somewhat significant. So um, 
maybe not at first glance, but the Japan studio uh, for Sony is one of the ones that has released some of their landmark titles. I mean, we're talking about things like Gravity Rush. We're talking things like Bloodborne um, Mm -hmm. when working with From Software, Shadow of the Colossus, Last Guardian, a whole bunch of great PlayStation, modern PlayStation titles and exclusives. But this is somewhat sad news because they're going to be reorganizing the studio into and recentering it towards Team Asobi. Team Asobi being the guys who made Astrobot. Um, so that's the, the freebie game that came with PS5, the freebie game that gets uh, used for PlayStation VR, um, and then also uh, Astrobot's Robot Rescue. Now, to some, that might be really, really good news because Astrobot's, oh, Astro's Playroom on PS5 is a land, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best platformer on PS5. Be- beating out Sackboy, beating out anything yeah. else that's, that's come out purely for PS5. Um, and it's a freebie. Uh, that makes great use of the controllers. Such a good freebie. Um, but it also means that they're, the potential for things like, classic mainstays of PlayStation games like Everybody's Golf. I mean, that's every PlayStation has had Everybody's Golf at some point, whether you like it or not. It is mm-hmm. it is a beloved franchise. Um, it is. It's a good game as well. Yeah. And it just looks like that's becoming less likely. And I'm worried that Sony's going to lose a bit of that identity. And it's kind of going against what um, the CEO of PlayStation said originally in that they're going to be expanding into more titles and it, it really seems like they're doing the opposite here uh, so i'm a bit worried to be honest yeah well i own a psvr so i've gotten to experience a lot of the vr holdings that uh the playstation's given and while i've thoroughly enjoyed those i it's weird that they're like really doubling down on that maybe it's because microsoft said you know we're not feeling doing vr and the playstation wants their their gimmick uh the thing that's going to sell because the switch doesn't have that Xbox doesn't have that. That could be why you buy a PlayStation or, you know, why a a small group of people would move to PlayStation from the other um, consoles. And I really like what they've done with it. However, I think that cutting the uh, some of the exclusive um, focus that they've had on things that aren't just those uh, we're going to use your whole controller, we're going to use your whole system games like Astrobots pick one um they uh it it could really harm them like you're saying just in the long haul like you pick up those games because you want something shiny to play now but honestly when i want to come back to a game that uh was built on a sony system i'll boot up my vita and play gravity rush again that's a fun game that was a really interesting game with that hardware but it wasn't because they um they utilized the whole hardware it was because the concept for the game was interesting and new. Um, and I really hope that they continue to work towards the the interesting exclusives without having to rely entirely on hardware yeah, stuff. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 all I really want is Team Asobi to, to put some time in and make something f- like complete, a fully viable game uh, of, of Astro doing something. Um, everything that they've done with Astro is actually incredible is kind of become the mascot but only for the mascot for the playstation for people that know about him uh which is very few compared to some of the big obviously the big names that they put out there um which might be the reason why they wouldn't do a proper full priced astro game besides that one they did for the vr um 
so I mean I, I, that's what I want to see that's what I want to see and shout out to uh, Quang as well who ha- sadly had the same name <laughs> um, uh, Sobi. Uh, very unfortunate for him uh, kind of lost that battle a little bit great guy <laughs> Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, just to, just in a bit, because we're talking PlayStation, it just seems appropriate to talk about um, a bunch of PSVR uh, news that dropped recently. So this is just something to go over quite quickly. Um, so it looks like VR is is coming back in a in a bit of a big way. It, it feels like it went really quiet for a good while, mm-hmm. but now that they've announced the PlayStation VR two last week, yeah. um, we're starting to see a trickle feed of more games. So, uh, quite no, yeah, we we'll go straight into that topic. But yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so notably, we've got um, Doom Free VR um, has been announced by Bethesda. Yes, which I'm again very surprised to hear, considering that Bethesda have, are in the Microsoft camp now. But it should give give it hopefully a good sign that they are still uh, alive and kicking on the PlayStation platform. Um, and then there's other games like I Expect You to Die, which is a great like escape the room type game where you play as the typical Bond spy thing. It's quite comedic, and you have to work your way out of uh, deadly traps. And a couple of interesting games like Fract and Song in the Smoke Zenith as an MMO which is the first time we've seen something like that being tried on the PlayStation VR platform. It looks uh it looks like we're actually going to start getting those full uh full fat gaming experiences that people have been crying out for ever since the PSVR originally launched. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether what first of all what PlayStation VR 2 brings to the table that improves these but also um how these how these games are going to fare considering that the original vr just feels a little bit long in the tooth now mm-hmm. um and whether people will pick up these games uh on mass which they claimed they would so i'm just looking forward to seeing how well these perform are these ps5 exclusive vr games or will they work on the original ps4 vr it currently states original psvr as well so yeah, I, I think they would do it on both. Um, see, for me, I think it's really going to knuckle down to the install base for the PSVR uh, 2 when that comes out as to how much of the big projects we're actually going to get. Um, I, I want them. I really want to see some nice, big, full-length games rather than £25 four-hour experiences, you know, that's what i want to see personally you know i, I want to see more uh resident evil 7 not necessarily resident evil 7 because i couldn't play the game i was just too scared of it anyway um yeah i want to see more stuff like that rather than as good as it was that batman experience i, I want less of the experience games i want more of the full games and i really do think it's going to come down to how well uh, psvr 2 uh does now the thing is with ps that uh, with vr you've got your hardcore fans on your pc and stuff like that but i think this is really going to show when that one drops uh, if it was like the 3d fad to the mainstream people um you know, you don't really see much of the releases of 3D Blu-rays or 3D 4K or anything like that anymore. Um, you know, that, 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 that most teddies don't have a 3D function built in anymore when they're released. You know, it's just something that people aren't interested in anymore. And I think that, yeah, this PSVR 2, when it goes, we'll see how that, that goes. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it gets bigger numbers than the last one. 
I've got a feeling it's not going to do as well and it will slowly start to die off, leaving VR to be that hardcore thing that hardcore gamers like to do on the PC rather than ready for the home, you know, uh, yeah. race. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I've got a feeling it might be a little bit like that. Yeah, absolutely echoing those thoughts. Like, dude, I really want it to succeed, but it's not likely in my mind. I have lost weeks of my life to playing skyrim vr that game feels like it was built for vr when it was originally created and it was such a a seamless transition it felt um that's such a fun thing i want to see more stuff that uh that uses that kind of adventure exploration and longevity in an actual vr game and in an original vr game that uh hits hopefully playstation vr because that's what i would consider the entry-level vr headset it's cheap, it's light on your head, and um, it's built for people, like, it, it's ADA compliant almost with a lot of the stuff it does. You're able to sit down and play the game in a chair if you need to. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the core strength of PlayStation VR. It was the first headset to break that £300 barrier. Um, so it was built for the mass market, loads of people who already had a, a PS4 in their underneath their tv and it just gave them something to extend their experience whereas pc yeah had that perception of being like this complete massive barrier to entry at least a thousand pounds to get up and running fully with a decent vr setup um and i feel that if you're going to make a full game for vr then i don't think doom titles like doom are really the way to go because you're you're First of all, it wasn't made for VR. Just be honest with that. It's a great horror game. It's a great uh, experience overall, but it's not the kind of game that brings in a lot of people. Um, the kind of games that do would be your Call of Duties, your Star Wars and what have you. You really need to dial down with like something that's going to be open to the mass market. Yeah. Now, some of the other games that I've announced were, you know, like... Um, uh, Fract, for example, shows a really good, really good potential of being a co-op first-person shooter, uh, with really colourful visuals, but not to the Fortnite degree. And, um, that, that looks great. But again, is it enough to bring people in? I just don't know. I feel like you need, you need a Crash Bandicoot, you need a Sonic, you need a Mario to really kick VR off properly. And, uh, at the moment, it just feels a bit too hardcore for some. Yeah, most people that have uh, experienced the majority of what PSVR has to offer will tell you how incredible the Astrobot games are, and I want to see them do more stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we just had G to the next level, an incredible channel. Go and check him out. Uh, pop over in the chat saying that Astrobot and Wipeout Omega, um, yeah, are, are two great experiences for the PSVR. I, I, oh, yeah. Wipeout Omega is quite incredible, actually, in VR. That that's 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 stunning. Um, I mean, there's no reason why a game can't be um, gimmicky in the in the way that it changes up the way you play throughout. Uh, a lot of the time, when you get these like experienced demos and stuff, and they have like several different types of gameplay on them like i can't remember the name of the psvr demo that came out but there's one where you're like laying on a skateboard thing and you're going down a hill and then there's another one you're doing all these different things and it'd be great if you had a game where you would actually put all of these elements together um and 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 that would work that would work i mean when you play a good platforming game the gameplay does change up so what better way to do that and to really blow you away um than to do that with vr 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, PlayStation VR World showed did what did its job. It showed a really good snippet of what VR could do, and it's just a shame that it wasn't a congruous experience. I mean, I know that a lot of people loved the London heist, um, mm-hmm. that section of that game, because it was proper shooting. You had proper cover mechanics, but it was about twenty minutes long. Um, People want a full game of that. People felt like they were promised a full game of that. Well, they do, but then they had the um, was it the blood and sweat game or whatever it was that came yeah, out. Yeah, and that was it was nothing like what it was. I mean, yeah, it felt so rushed. Yeah, and I know it came out a very a long time later. I played that and I was like, this is naff. Like this doesn't <laughs> feel good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't like that game. Um. I I didn't finish it, and I was I was so excited to play that. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. <coughs> yeah. Um, when we hear things more like you know, like the VR Doom, like you said, you had the Skyrim stuff there. Uh, you know, this is this is steps in the right direction, but I want to see more variation on what they offer. Um, uh, what 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 was showcased to you with the uh, Steam? Uh, again, I don't remember what the collection of demos were for that, but it was set in the Portal world. That was so cool, showcasing what PSVR could do, but then what they really only do is make first-person horror games. Like, no, 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 you, there's so much more variety here. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, though, my, my, my VR headset is, is is the Beat Saber machine. I, I, <laughs> I could play Beat Saber all day. I haven't played it in a while, but yeah, give me more Beat Saber. That, that oh, so yeah. good. I, I say give me more Beat Saber. Everyone's tried to copy that. If you go into the Steam library, there's... There's so many copycats of Beat Saber. We discovered a really fun VR game uh, because of how interesting it was to have the VR experience. Um, And it was... So, just a a quick note. In our house, we have three TVs and we have two Xboxes connected to two of them and we have two PlayStation 4s connected to the last one. Mm -hmm. But one of them has PSVR. So... We played Star Wars Squadrons, which is cross-platform. Mm. And one person was in the VR chair, and then somebody else could use the TV. And we got four people in on that. And that game was incredible, especially since when I was fighting my brother, he had to play in the TIE Fighter for the first time. And we were we were fighting each other. I was like, wow, this is great. And he's like, no, it's not. And I keep on watching him. He's looking left, and I can't figure out what's going on. Well, it's because he's used to the X-Wing. And the X-Wing has that cockpit. But then the TIE fighter, when you look left, there's a wall. <laughs> it's just this little circle that uh, encompasses you, except for the very front. And so he's like, yeah, no, when VR, if you're not playing the X-Wing, you got some problems. There you go. There you go. Well, that's cool. Like I say, uh, yes, more of it, please. And I really, really hope when PSVR 2 comes out that uh, the main mainstream public take to it, you know? A lot more. You got to make yeah. those games are affordable and accessible, um, and I think that the VR set is at a good price point. They just need to have the software to make it work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, moving into our topic of the week, where we like to talk about uh, Kickstarter-related stuff, or uh, you know, crowdfunding-related stuff. Even uh, we're going to do it a little bit different this week, and it's one of the reasons we got uh, Mark in the chat. Uh, I'm going to really let him take the lead with this because we're going to be chatting about the Lego Ideas Game Jam that's currently going on. Not necessarily proper crowdfunding, uh, the same way that Kickstarter and and um, uh, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, all that sort of stuff's done. But this is this is this. This is good. This is really, really good. And uh, Mark's actually one of the people that's working on uh, some 
pretty cool stuff here. And well, Mark, explain what uh, explain what this is. Well, uh, Lego Ideas is basically the way that Lego crowdfunds ideas. Uh, they say, "Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and ask you guys to make the sets that you want to see, mm-hmm. and then people make those sets. They submit them to Lego, and Lego says, "We like this one. We're going to make it real. People can buy this Lego Ideas set from Lego." Uh, they have a whole bunch of stipulations on like only using proper uh, uh, parts and making sure that you don't use any of the forbidden building techniques. But they just opened up a whole new world into game development. They just uh, partnered up with Unity to make something called the Lego Micro Game. Now you can sort by popular if you want to see uh, what's currently ranked up top there. Um, but basically, they've gone through and they've said, we want you guys to make games for this game jam that we're doing with Unity. Unity put together a tutorial section um, and a something called a micro game. It's basically a big old asset pack. Mm-hmm. And what you do with that is you go through and you kind of learn how the Lego brick behaviors work, and then you can build a game out of that. Most of them are just simple platformers because the platforming is what uh, was implemented in that um that tutorial but some people have taken some of the advanced blocks like uh vehicle mechanics and uh actually scripted in their own things to be able to make games that kind of go outside of that uh it's really interesting to see what a lot of people have done some people make platformers some people make uh space racers uh some people have made just block stackers it's been really cool to see everybody's creativity with lego bricks in this uh, micro game. Yeah, and that's what Lego has always been about. So it's great to see them pushing this into uh, other mediums. It's it's literally nothing but good news. Yes, my only qualm I have with it is uh, it's a non-commercial license, so you're not allowed to sell any Lego games that you make. Um, it's they're mostly for learning processes and being able mm-hmm. to kind of build and share with people. But again, it, it's fine. Um, I I have to hope that if Lego takes notice of somebody who does so well with it um that it raises raises heads that they might actually consider opening it up to a more commercial license um or trying to uh hire people on um if they decide to do a a lego gaming thing again aside from their standard Mm -hmm. lego games um it's it's really cool uh, to see how many people are jumping into this. I'm seeing a lot of novice people getting to put together their games in the course of like an hour because you don't need to know how to use Unity because the tutorial actually tells you how to use Unity um, or how to use the Lego bricks inside of Unity. Um, this has just been an absolutely incredible opportunity, especially since there are some crazy prizes. Uh, so Lego said... Um, they're going to have four people review it. Two are going to be from Unity, two are going to be from Lego, and they're going to discuss like how well you made your game, how well you um, uh, you utilized what was given to you, and uh, how original it was. A lot of games are going to be just a tutorial level, and they dock you points on that. But um, depending on how ingenu- ingenious your uh, your game was, you'll get awarded a prize. They have uh, first and second as grand prize winners, and then they have runner-up prizes. But they also just have a lottery prize, from what I can see, that's like the grand prize. They just choose someone at random. So even if you go in and you just enter in a tutorial level, uh, you have a chance at like winning 
a crazy amount of uh, Unity bonuses, and they they give you the tools to set you up for actual game development. That's awesome. If you get a taste for playing or for building games inside of this engine, they'll give you, I believe, it's a hundred or two hundred dollars of credit in their asset store, so you can go and buy yourself some packs to actually build a game without having to use the Lego IP um, and a professional license for Unity that lasts for a year. I mean, that's great. I mean, it's just. That sounds to me like everything you'd need to get like proper startup. I also noticed that the uh, one of the prizes is like uh, asset store vouchers. Yeah, that's what I meant by the two hundred dollar uh, asset store thing. Is yeah, it's really nice to be able to get into the asset store. Um, I'm just super excited to see how this turns out, uh, and it's I don't know. I'm really passionate about how um, how Lego's taking an interest in just people's creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well definitely. Because, though, I mean, like the whole idea of Lego Ideas, as you say, is to, to, to build real Lego sets. But it's great to see such a big company, such a big brand, getting behind the idea of video game creation. And they've done this kind of before with Lego Worlds, uh, when they tried to release, when they released that game, and it was kind of like their like answer Minecraft, to Minecraft. Yeah, um, but actually get people programming, get people like using logic to create game worlds. Um, for people watching the Twitch stream right now, the game on the screen is the one that uh, uh, Mark put together with a team of fr- is it friends uh, that you're working with? Yeah. On this? Um- yeah, I put this together with some friends. Uh, ju- just to let you know, Slope, you got to double jump if you want to be able to make it to other platforms. Um, Whoa, okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we actually we built our own space. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to call it an engine, but we built our own space mechanics um, where you actually get into a spaceship and you fly. Um Unfortunately, it doesn't perform very well in the WebGL thing. Uh, it runs on computer. Uh, we, we included our PC build to make sure that anybody who couldn't run it uh, and be able to get through it uh, would be able to download it and play it. If you hit the sign there, Slope, uh, there's a, a, you can press a button next to it. It'll tell you to press E, and it'll take you straight to space. Um, so we had to rip apart the LEGO engine and kind of build our own to make it work the way we wanted to. Originally, I was like, hey, uh, do you think I could maybe make like a space game here? And one of the friends that was helping me design it said, Mark, don't do that. Really, <laughs> seriously. You, every time you try to do this, it ends up poorly. And I was like, yeah, but we've only got like a month to do it before we break everything. So let's uh, let's give it a shot. And uh, in retrospect, I was probably wrong to uh, build my own space engine because we later found that there were some behavior blocks that we could have used for it. But uh, yeah, it was um, it was a heck of a ride. Uh, there's still time to submit stuff. So if anybody's listening to this podcast or watching the stream right now, you could go download the micro game and play around with it. You have until the 15th of March to submit something, which would put you in the running. And uh, you get a free Lego minifig by default just for submitting something, um, <laughs> and they'll let you customize it. It's really cool. Lego's really trying to incentivize people to come out here and build games with their engine. That's really cool. I mean, what um, I, I've played, I've played a bit of the game uh, that Mark mark and team put together and um it's 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 a great little great little snippet of what can be done um i don't know how long 
this took to put together. Um, of course, it's going to be a little bit shonky, as as Mark says on the OpenGL uh, like browser, because you can play this in your in your Chrome or uh, Internet Explorer browser. But what I really liked is that um, the team tried to recreate a No Man's Sky uh, landing on the planet, <laughs> and that that was that was cool. I can see that it's come a long way since it. Uh, Mark first showed it to us uh, because you can actually now uh, engage in space combat. It's really cool. And we totally recommend anyone just to give it a go. If you just want to see what people, uh, what just a, a prompt of creativity can do um, and also support one of our, uh, one of uh, the, dis- uh, one of our discord members, it'd be, uh, it's, it's always great. Uh, always great to see some uh, community ingenuity. Got to be done. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, just to note, anybody, like, if you want to support one of these projects, uh, not even just plugging for my own, but one, go take a look at either the newest or, uh, you know, most popular, but newest is nice for the up-and-coming people. Go in, see if you like the game, and if you like it, it leave a comment. It'll actually bump them up a ridiculous amount of places uh, so that they get more visibility and more people looking at them. Mm -hmm. I think the reviewers are going to go through every single thing. So it doesn't really, um, it shouldn't matter, but you never know with uh, the amount of submissions that are coming in, if they're going to have to like cut it off at a certain point. Um, I I would hope that they'd be able to go through all of them. But if you see something that you like, go in and uh, leave a comment, leave a like or something like that Mm -hmm. on the Lego page it will mean uh, all the difference there. Uh, that's it for my uh, my plugin. I'm really really happy about this. Um, I would love. No, I really appreciate it. If you ever ask, I I can go into detail about the various things that we had to pull apart. We had to we had to modify heavily a good portion of the Lego engine to be able to get our space flight working. There you go. Look, mate. I think it's awesome. I think people should go and check it out. And it's nice to have a little uh, little something different here. You know and uh, Good on you. Good on you. Um, which I think brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks, guys, for coming on. That was everything, wasn't it, Grizzly? That's it, yep. Yeah. One hell of a show again. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. No worries, mate. Thanks for listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 4th of February 2021. If you want to listen in live, the next recorded episode will be on the 11th of March 2021 over on twitch.tv forward slash slopesgameroom at 10pm UK time and 2pm Pacific Standard Time. As stated, if you would like the chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And finally, if you have any news stories for us, then feel free to drop them in the dedicated room over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash slopesgameroom. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time. Remix.